another episode of the Before Sports Entertainment Podcast. And joining me, as always, my little brother, Trey, and in honor of the Iron Claw movie opening this Friday about the Von Erich family, Trey thought it would be a great idea to cover the Von Erichs uh, and give everybody a little history on the Von Erichs and the wrestling dynasty that they had in the state of Texas back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to toss it to Trey. Trey, how you doing? I'm doing good, bro. I appreciate you willing to uh, let this podcast take this route this week. Hopefully we don't ruffle anybody's foreskins with our opinions on this. You know, uh, I did some researching on this one. I know you asked me to, you know, the movie's coming out. And I know we'll, at the end we're going to discuss both of our, uh, our thoughts on what we hope to come out of the movie before we wrap up this evening, but man, I just, this, this is something that actually when the movie first started being advertised that they were going to make it, it's been a long time in the making. And uh, then to see, you know, that they got such an A-list star and a lot of people don't think he's A-list, but Zach Efron, who was a teen idol for, for your daughter, your oldest daughter, my daughter, uh, from high school musical to being in a movie with The Rock to being in, you know, the movie Neighbors, the the comedy with Seth Rogen, to see him play a, a, a role like this and to find out just doing the research how he immersed himself in the character. He plays Kevin Von Erich, who's the lone surviving member of the Von Erich, as you called him, dynasty from, from Texas wrestling in the 80s. And just to um, hear some of the things that I was able to research that, that hopefully we'll be able to get into some of it uh, that Kevin Von Erich had to say about just the, the character portrayal and how Zach Efron totally immersed himself and learned, you know, some of the basics of professional wrestling so he could be believable in this. And with the movie coming out, you know, I know we're both looking forward to seeing it. Um, I know uh, wrestling fans are all over. Look, not just who hear our podcast, but who hear any podcast. That's all they're talking about this week, this Friday, December twenty second, the Iron Claw. And I heard, I don't know if you've heard, but I've heard different early reviews on it, and it's getting some award show caliber reviews for the movie as a whole, not necessarily for the characters, but the movie as a whole. It's kind of like you remember, um, bro. You remember when the wrestler with Mickey Rourke came out? I do. And do you know how critically acclaimed it was? And it was actually nominated for Best Picture that year. And I think Mickey Rourke was nominated for Best Actor that year. And to me, that's just crazy. The thing that we we got together when you put this podcast together, our fandom of professional wrestling and. You know, a lot of people, you know, frown on us as wrestling fans, people as wrestling fans, but it's our entertainment. It's our grandma's soap opera come to life for us with a lot more action to it. And um, I, like I said, I just really appreciate the fact that you, as the, the, the lead on, on this podcast and getting me involved in it, allowing us to go this route this week. And, you know, and it's, I, I, Watch, you know, I have the DVD of the Triumph and Tragedy of World Class Championship Wrestling, the story of the organization as a whole. But it, you know, it focuses on the Von Erichs, and a lot of what people remember about the Von Erichs is the tragedies that bestowed that family that fell upon them. And I know you, you remember World Class Championship Wrestling. We used to watch it in Memphis Wrestling. That was the main two I went to. I know you were more WCW or NWA back in the day than I was. But, you know, I just world-class because they they crossed over with Memphis so much. And, you know, so I was able to really get a good grasp on them at a young age. And if you're ready to do this, bro, let's do it, man. I'm ready. Yeah, uh, just real quick, you said it crossed over with wrestling out of Texas, crossed over with Memphis wrestling. Yeah, uh, in the end, but as you, as you well know, Jerry Jarrett ended up buying a large majority of world-class championship wrestling to kind of bail the Bo- uh, Von Erich family out of some financial. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, um, 
because I remember when 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 it crossed over. Actually, like you said, Jerry Jarrett bought World Class, and that's when it became USWA Championship Wrestling. You know, United States Wrestling Association. You know, if I'm not mistaken on my facts on that, that's when because I think one of the big stars at the time in World Class was the guy, if you remember, the flamboyant Eric Embry. That guy got on my nerves you know, so bad. Uh, oh, bro, you ain't lying. Um, but, you know, he was like the, 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 the biggest heel in world class at the time. And the Von Erics, because, you know, Kevin was the only one still around, I believe, because Fritz had even passed away, if, 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 if my research is correct, when that happened. And that's why it became so easy for Jarrett to consume it, you know? No, no, then, uh, I know, don't. I don't. I don't believe Fritz had passed away because. Uh, okay. Flex. Uh, I once said, and uh, oh man, it was probably two, three years ago. It was before COVID hit, I think, or right about the time COVID hit. Uh, Jerry Jarrett actually had a podcast uh, called Book <laughs> with Jerry Jarrett. Lee, uh, oh, really? Uh, the purchase of uh, World Class Championship Wrestling out of Texas and Fritz Von Eric had kind of left it to the boys, his boys to run and he had kind of backed out uh, and they went to my understanding I believe that's how uh, Jerry Jarrett tells the story uh, and went to him uh, seeking help you know, because they, they couldn't afford to pay the bills uh, and oh, okay, gotcha, and, gotcha, and, gotcha. With Fritz von Eric, and Fritz von Eric uh, advised Jerry Jared uh, buying because the boys still had their bad hat. Well, all the boys, yeah, yeah, I got you. But here's the thing: Do you know what year that would have been? Off the, I just, don't just remember. Rough right estimate, because I know. The last of the boys died in 1993, and Fritz died in 97. So Kevin would have been the only one still alive. But, of course, David Manning was part of the, you know, Fritz's right-hand man, and he would have still been around because he never left the Von Eric side. David Manning didn't. He was a referee in world class, and he was like Fritz's uh, I don't think it was uh, David Manning was a ring announcer. I'm trying to think who that guy. God, I can't remember. He was 90-something. He's still alive, the ring announcer that you always saw. Cause he, he he wore – he didn't wear a tuxedo, but he always had that suit on. Right. You know, he was like a, a, a poor man's Howard Finkel, so to speak. All right, let's see. He You know, with the way of his parents. Jerry Jarrett fought. Uh, world class championship wrestling in 1989. Okay, so so Kerry was still alive then. Okay, and so and so was uh, uh Chris, but I think David and Mike had already uh passed away at the time. We all know that Jack Jr. died before the others were even born, except for Kevin. I think Kevin was two when Jack Jr. passed away. Right in 1959. So I think Kevin was born in 1957. Jack Jr. was born in 1953, 52, maybe. So, you know, and that's that's the thing about it. I'm so glad that we're able to do this, bro. That um, you know, this is one of the ones where neither one of us are gonna get like just fired up because it's it's not something you really just get excited to talk about when it's dealing with a lot of tragedy. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so yeah, man, just what you know. We we kind of discussed the format that we you know like we always say even in the trailer it says you know we try to bridge the past with the present and go where it leads us so you know we you know it's kind of like in school we got bullet points but we have discussion points we're going to take time to discuss them you know right so you ready to um me to throw something out at you uh yeah all right well let me throw out some numbers for you how about that. Tell me what these numbers mean to you. Six, 25, 23, 21, 33, 9, 144, and 2009. Kind of sounds like a combination to a safe, don't it? Yeah. Um, 
I definitely know what the 144 is because uh, uh, found that out earlier this week. That's the 144 is going to be the total number of championships that the Von Erich family as a whole held or won throughout, you know, their wrestling. The combined combined championships they won in professional wrestling. That includes Fritz, too, now. That's pretty impressive. That's not just the boys. And, you know, Fritz was the first ever world champion in the family. It won, he, he, he won, what was it, the AWA World Heavyweight Championship at one point? I'm not sure. I, I believe think it, so. Let me look and see in my notes. Let's see. Um, AWA World Heavyweight Championship in the 60s. He won it in the 60s. And that's crazy, dude. I mean, in the 60s, this family was pop like big, winning titles in the 60s. And we know them mostly from the 80s and early 90s. That's just nuts to me, man. Right. Okay, so let me let me hit the, these uh, little follow-up on these numbers that we got, okay? The numbers 6, 25, 23, 21, 33, and 9 represent a really heartbreaking series of events. The first five numbers that I gave you represent the ages of the five Von Eric brothers when they died, when they passed away. Of the six brothers, that's the ages of the five. Imagine that. The, the first one passed away at age six. And the, the one that, other than Kevin, the lone surviving member, only lived to be 33. You talk about that. 25, 23, and 21 years old. And then a 33-year-old. Then a six, like, We'll take the number six if you if you don't mind me going this route with you. Go ahead. Jack Jr. was the youngest one, okay? Jack Jr. was Fritz and Doris's first child. He was six years old when he accidentally listen to this. Now, this is so this is what's so tragic about this family. He was only six years old when he was accidentally shot. And he fell into a melting snow puddle face down and drowned in 19. 19- 59. Mm. Mm. Un- uh, imagine that. He stepped on a trailer hitch that had, had been energized and he didn't know it and it, and it electrocuted. It shocked him. He fell face down in a melting snow puddle and drowned in a puddle of melting snow. Man. That's just tragic by itself that there's no more tragedy to speak of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're talking about a first grader, basically. Ba- in, in 1959, bro. Oh, now let's take number 25, okay? Mm-hmm. David, who by all accounts from everything I've researched, and I'm quite sure you saw a lot of the same stuff, was the best pure professional wrestler of the group. He was being groomed to win Ric Flair's championship. At 25 years old, he died of enteritis in a Tokyo hotel in 1984. Before... Now- Okay, go now, ahead. What uh, what was his, what what was his nickname? What did they call David? David Von Eric was known as the Yellow Rose of Texas. That's right. I I couldn't remember what they what they called him. Exactly. Yeah, he was known as, and you know, he was he was the tallest one, I believe, of the brothers. He didn't have the physique the physique of Kevin and Carrie. You know, they they were like chiseled out of granite when you looked at them. He even had more of Fritz's physique. He was thick. He was solid. You know, he wasn't just toned, muscular, and he had the long, flowing red hair, and he looked more like his daddy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, Fritz wasn't the most handsome of men in his prime. No, he, uh, I mean, he was, uh, he looked like, he kind of looked like Boris Karloff from the 1920s and 30s horror movies. Yeah, he he was an interesting looking character. Absolutely. But yeah, David and Ric Flair even said in an interview that I researched and said, David Von Erich was the best wrestler, performer in the family. And all of them were really good athletes. You know what I'm saying? But he said, David, he said, he was the best talker of all of them. And listening to some, he had the most inflection in his voice when he talked them. When he did his interviews, he, he showed the most enthusiasm. And, and he, 
he and he was the third child after Jack Jr. Kevin was before him. You know, of course, we're not mentioning Kevin in these numbers because Kevin's the one still alive, you know? Right. So think about that. You lose your first son in 1959 at six. Then you lose your third son in 1984 at only the age of 25. And some people said, you know, I saw different things. And, you know, nobody's going to know that Von Erichs actually refused to release the autopsy. Fritz did because some people say it's because it showed that they Bruiser Brody hid pain pills that David had OD'd on in the ho- in the hotel in Tokyo. Nobody knows for sure because Bruiser Brody was the one one of the ones who found him because they were they were doing the show and before they left to go to Japan. This is now keep in mind this is why David's being groomed to take the World Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair. He was the next guy that he was going to be the Von Erich that did it, and. You know, and Kevin said that they had a show, and Fritz always being the hard-driving father, you know, you never miss a show. You always make your bookings. You always give your best, and you keep your word. That was what he told his sons. So Kevin said David looked sick. He was very pale, almost yellowish tint to him. And he said, I don't feel good, Kev, but I got to make the show. Do you know that he didn't even make one show in Japan? The day before the first show, they all went out and ate, and he went back to the room to go to bed, and that's when they found him the next day, the day of the very first show he was booked for. Wow. That's that's crazy, man. All right, so 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 we're at the number six and 25, you know, tragedy on top of tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to make it even worse, which is bad to say, but that's what it is. And we're just, we always try to keep it truthful when we talk about this stuff. Mike Von Eric, 23 years old when he committed suicide by taking an overdose of Placidil in 1987. So 25 years old was David in 84. Less, well, right at three years later, his 23 year old brother committed suicide. And there's stories about Mike as to why he may have done it. Kevin's given multiple on top of multiple interviews. And the older he gets, the more he seems to open up about it that I've noticed when I've watched him over the years, when I did my research. Mike never wanted to be a pro wrestler. They they brought Mike in because Mike was always operating a camera. Did you know that? He was always one of the cameramen for world class. No, I didn't know that. He he was more into learning the back behind the scenes aspects of the business. He was a decent athlete. He wasn't David good. He wasn't Kevin and Kerry good, you know. But they brought Mike in. They had to have somebody to take David's spot because they they were in the middle of a feud, which we're gonna cover in a little bit, with a three man group, and they had to have that third Von Eric. Okay. Well, they went right. – the Von Erichs, believe it or not, world-class championship wrestling was huge in Israel. And they they went overseas to, to Israel to perform because Israel could get them, you know, on TV. They could get world-class. They couldn't get – whether it be Georgia championship wrestling, Memphis wrestling, stuff like that, but they could get world-class. So they had a big following in places like Israel. And, you know – and so they went, and Mike tore his shoulder, giving a simple kick to, I believe it was Gino Hernandez who was going to give him a backdrop, and he came off ropes and he kicked him. You know what I'm saying? Like right. kicked him to make him stand up, and he tore his shoulder. Well, they flew him home. He had surgery, and then an infection set in into toxic shock syndrome, and they he almost died from that. Okay? So, what it was is, and he was in the and they were asking for prayers, and then all of a sudden, Mike is coming out of the hospital. And I don't know if you saw the interview that they did when he came out of the hospital in the wheelchair, sitting there with his brothers, and they were talking about people doing an interview, you know, how soon before we see you in the ring? He said, I'm going to make the Texas Stadium show. 
And just to look at him, it looked like something out of an apocalyptic zombie movie. The way he looked, he looked like walking death sitting in that wheelchair. His speech was slurred. His eyes were glassy. He, he couldn't make contact and stay focused on anything. And, and Fritz was bound and determined, not another tragedy. And he basically, I don't want to say used Mike and rushed him back, but man, Mike knew he could never perform. And, and you know, and, and Mike, he, he went to Dallas, uh, Lake Dallas, and he got the Placidils. He wrapped himself up in a sleeping bag and drank a six-pack of beer and, and ate a whole bottle of Placidils. And they found him, like, to my recollection, four days later at, on Lake Dallas, on the, on the the field beside Lake Dallas, wrapped up in a sleeping bag, been dead for four days. At 23 years, so that's tragedy on tragedy on tragedy. And going back to David, when he died, since he was fixing to you know, be groomed to be the next world champion, they did a, a parade of champions show at Texas Stadium. And Kerry... It was a toss-up between Kerry and Kevin. Who's gonna, who's gonna represent the family against Ric Flair? And Fritz vowed that the world title was coming home to the Von Erichs. Okay. Well, Kerry got the nod because he was the more sports entertainer wrestler, and Kevin was the more technical. But Kerry had, you know, they both were ladies guys, but Kerry was the one everybody just because he was the one that should have been in the Olympics. But the U.S. boycotted the Olympics that year, and he already had the world shot put record or discus record or something. And Kerry ended up winning. Do you know how he beat Ric Flair? How? A simple backslide. One, two, three. Was it for the title? It was for the world championship, and he beat Ric Flair for the NWA world championship with a simple backslide at the David Von Erich Memorial Tribute Show called Parade of Champions. 50,000 plus were there, bro. That was the people. first, like, WrestleMania crowd crowd. You know what I'm saying? Because it was in Texas Stadium. Or the Cotton Bowl, whichever one you want to call it. I think they had a show at Texas Stadium called Cotton Bowl Classic at one point, too, when they were really on their upswing. <clears throat> but, I mean, we're looking at a 6-year-old, a 25-year-old, three years later, a 23-year-old. Now, can I hit you with another number? Go for it. Four years later, a 21-year-old Von Eric committed suicide by shooting himself in the head in 1991. Chris, the youngest brother, only 21 years old in 1991. And uh, the, the stories from the research and stuff I've seen, and like I said, we're speaking on the research we've done and what we, we watched growing up and stuff. And, um, you know, people can fact check us all they want. It's out there. Some of some of it we're discussing because we're not saying this is exactly. That's why we say, you know, we're roundabout him. But Chris was, he had asthma. He was, he was the shortest one. As a matter of fact, let me look in my notes. Chris was five foot four. Name a Von Eric shorter than six foot. <laughs> Can't find him. Exactly. And Chris had asthma. Now, he had a nice physique for a little bitty kid, you know, but he also had brittle bones, and his subject to his bones breaking very easily, and Kevin told a story one time, him and Chris were tag teaming when Chris first, of course, Chris got to bring him in, got to replace Mike, who had to replace David, and Mike ended up feeling like he let the family down in his suicide note, you know what I'm saying? So Chris comes in. Kevin tells the story how him and Chris were tag teaming, and Chris gave a drop kick. And when he came down, you can't see me, but you know when you come, you fall face down, you put your hands flat and your arms down and catch yourself. Right. One of his arms, not at the elbow, halfway up his forearm, bent like his elbow, completely back snapped both bones. And Kevin said he he said Chris Chris. Tag me in, tag me in. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Let's, let's, let, let me take care of it. Said Chris didn't want to tag him. Kevin had to make him tag him because Chris wanted to be a Von Eric. 
He didn't want to let the family or his daddy down because of his brittle bones and his broken arm and stuff. But Kevin's the actual one who found Chris, you know, on the ranch. Um, Kevin went to his dad and told him, he said, he said, where's Chris? He said, well, he just got on his four-wheeler. And Kevin said he felt like something bad. And he found Chris down down the property. And uh, hear Kevin tell it, he, he basically, because uh, I can't get his exact words, but it was like he walked up on him and said, Chris, what are you doing? You know, I can't do a good Kevin Von Eric impersonation. He's like, Chris, Chris, come on, Chris, what are you doing? And he was like, leave me alone, Kev. He's like, just leave me alone. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need time to think. So Kevin said, Chris, don't do anything stupid. Well, Kevin said he left, went back up to the house and said, Dad, Chris is down wherever he was. He said, and I got a bad feeling. He said, Fritz looked at him and said, get back down there. Because I think they had found his suicide note by that point. Kevin said by the time he got back down there, he found Chris laying there, and he said he squatted down and grabbed him. He said and he, he looked peaceful. He said then, then he started feeling the warm blood, and he felt a hole in the back of his head. Mm. Mm. Imagine a brother, if it was you or me or Brett going through that. And they, they look, we're close. Dang, these boys were close, Ashley. I mean, by all accounts, these boys were, like, tighter than brothers almost. Like, one in the same almost, you know? And, you know, so Kevin's had to go through his older brother, Jack Jr., dying when he was, like, one or two. His brother just behind him, David, dying sadly of enteritis, it, what it basically has been ruled as basically a disease. You know, I think it's intestinal. Is that right? Enteritis, probably? Yes. Okay, so he died from an intestinal malfunction or disease or disorder. Okay, Mike overdosing on Placidils. And now the 21-year-old Chris shooting himself in the head. So you got a 6-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 21-year-old. And the 23- and 21-year-olds, Three years, uh, four years apart, committing suicide. Different ways, but tragedy, man. It's like, because they didn't feel like they could live up to the family's legacy. And a lot of people blame Fritz for that. And, you know, I've, I've read some stuff, and to hear Kevin talk, and then Kevin's sons, Rochel, Ro, uh, Ross and Marshall. Kevin ain't got a whole lot. He said his daddy was kind of overbearing and yeah, at times, but. He was a good man. Ross and Marshall have nothing bad to say about their grandfather. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's almost like Mike and Chris didn't want to let Fritz down. Because Devon Eriks have to be on top. And Fritz always pushed his boys when, when he was running world class. You know, every time you ever saw world class, it was always Devon Eric in the main event almost 95% of the time. And that could be a blessing and a curse. And so far, it looks like how far we've gotten with, you know, with where we're at with, you know, four deaths. I guess that's why they call it the Von Eric curse, man. And, you know, then you want to, you know, you want to go from 1984 to from David to Mike in 87, three years later to four years later, Chris, the youngest. And then you go to, Kevin's lone brother and everybody who's listening or listens to this, you don't have to have watched world-class championship wrestling to know who Kerry Von Eric was. And I think you would agree with that. No doubt. He was a superstar. He, he, he was the modern day warrior, the Texas tornado, Kerry Von Eric. You know, and he was also like the biggest heartthrob of the family when it came to the ladies, as far as women wanting to come see the Von Eric boys. You see what I'm saying? But imagine this: two years after the youngest Chris did what he did, Carrie 
you know, he had his drug issues and stuff. I think WWE tried to get him help at one, or WWF at the time, when he worked for them, tried to get him help and everything. But, you know, his wife had either left him or, or they had just recently divorced. And didn't and he tried to reconcile. She didn't want to have nothing to do with it. So he went back to his demons. And at 33 years old, in 1993, he committed suicide by going to the tree on the on the ranch that they all played with when they were kids. There's this one tree out there. Kevin describes it vividly. He said it was not like any other tree, and we could climb it, play in it, you know, everything. He said. Carrie sat down in front of that tree and shot himself in the chest and killed himself in 1993. So, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, let me see. When it came to Carrie, I'm, I'm trying to... Um, okay, it doesn't say what caliber gun he used. Uh, some say it was a 44. I'm not sure on that. I can't, I couldn't find nothing that could specify. I thought it was a shotgun. Well, okay. Chris may have used the 44. Carrie may have shot himself in the, in the heart with a shotgun right in the center of his chest. I think it was a shotgun. You see, my, my, um, uh, my research doesn't really, um, let's see. No, Carrie shot himself with a 44 caliber bullet through his heart. February 18th, 1993, according to my research, on the ranch by the tree that they played in growing up. And um, the thing about Carrie, remember when we talked about David dying in 84 and they did the parade of champions and Carrie got, you know, anointed to take the title from Flair. And, and, you know, Flair had to agree to do the job for him. You know, and Flair, to my knowledge, I've never heard Ric Flair in any interview badmouth the Von Erichs at all. He actually has high praise for them as performers and, you know, people in the industry. Have you heard Ric Flair ever say a bad word about him in any interview or anything you ever seen? I have not. That, that What does that tell you, man? Ric Flair doesn't have nothing bad to say about you. So, you know, as NWA champion, the WCCW show, you know, Flair had to agree to do the job for him. You know, because they needed that feel-good moment, and Flair wanted to give them that. That's my opinion on that. But here's the saddest part about Kerry winning the title at the Parade of Champions honoring David. You know what's the, the saddest part? How long do you think he held that title? Not too long. 18 days. Do you know why he lost the title? I do not remember. In an interview I saw Ric Flair give, he said, he said, promoters need a reliable world champion. He said, at that particular time in his life, Kerry was not reliable. He wouldn't make some of his bookings. And a world champion's got to make his bookings, got to make his media. You know what I'm saying? And Kerry did not like traveling all over the country to make those bookings and media. So they ended up giving it. He lost it back to Flair 18 days later. Wow. Just, man, it's just, and, you know, so I want to throw the number nine, okay? So we covered the first one, two, three, four, five numbers, and all of them were deaths, right? Right. The number nine, do you know what that is? I do not. The number nine, not counting Jack Jr. because it was 1959 and Kevin was the only one alive other than Jack Jr. of the of the boys. So we don't count that one as part of the number nine. The number nine is the number of years between David Von Erich dying of enteritis in Japan and Kerry committing suicide. Nine years apart, four brothers died, one from enteritis and three by suicide. And nobody lived over the age of 33, man. There's your uh, tragedy right there. And and there's your Von Eric curse. You see what I'm saying? I do. It kind of, you know, and when David died, world class did not just really take off. I mean, it was big when David was alive, man, because they were grooming him to be the next champion. Like, not world-class, but NWA champion. 
Like, take it from Ric Flair. And Flair even said David Von Erich was the next guy. And he died tragically, not by his own hand. And then the, the next one to really be the, the guy, Kerry, took his own life. Well, let me ask you, you know, if, let's see, so if David Von Erich does not die in uh, Japan, okay, uh, if, if he lives and goes on to win the world championship from Ric Flair, do the rest of the Von Erich boys meet the same fate? Um, I see that's that, was David the glue that helped hold them together. I think Kevin and David were the glue. That makes sense. Kevin and David because they Kevin was the oldest, and you know, Kerry was not into professional wrestling. Kerry was a high school college athlete who had the U.S. not boy Jimmy Carter not boycotted the Olympics. Kerry was going to be on the Olympic team, and he was projected to win gold, silver, or bronze, I think, in the discus because he held, like, the national record in the discus at the time. And then when the, the Olympics got boycotted by Jimmy Carter when he was president, well, Kerry decided he'd just go wrestle. He wasn't going to wait four years because he's four years old. You know, it's Olympics every four years. Four years older, you're not what you were four years ago. Right. So he just decided, hey, I'm not waiting because, you know, you have to make the Olympic team. You're not guaranteed a slot. You know, they have the Olympic trials and all that. And so Kerry got into it more focused on the family business. Had had Kerry been able to go to the Olympics, Kerry, I don't think, would have ever been a wrestler till later in life. That's my opinion. Um, had had David, because you know it was it was Kevin, David, Kerry. When Kerry got into it, that's when world class really started picking up steam, man. Because you had the women loved them, man. The women loved the Von Eric boys. That's all they talked about. I mean, you look, you just look at it like this. You asked me what David's nickname was, Yellow Rose of Texas, right? Kevin Von Eric, know what his nickname was? What? The Golden Warrior. What was Kerry Von Eric's nickname? Modern Day Warrior. You know why his nickname was Modern Day Warrior? Why? What song did he come to the ring to? I don't remember. Rush's Tom Sawyer. Modern Day Warrior, me, you know that song? Yep. That's what he came to. What song did Kevin come to the ring to? Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. So, I mean, the boys, Fritz, you know, but Fritz is going to push his boys to the top. You know, from all purposes, everything I've read and researched, people said Fritz was not as hard as people want to say he was when it came to the business. Fritz just believed it being done a certain way. But when it came to his boys, my understanding is he made a statement to him that, you know, so like he say he may say, Carrie's my favorite, David's my second, Kevin's my third, Mike's my fourth, Chris is my fifth favorite. But you know, favorites change. Next week it might be different. Man, could you imagine Dad telling me you and Brett that one of them, one of us is he is his favorite over the others? He tells me I'm his favorite all the time. Well, that's because I just blow smoke up your butt. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you, you almost got me to, 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 to do something you didn't want me to do. But this back to where we were, bro. Nine years between David and Carrie's death, and that left Kevin all by himself. Now, think about this. Kevin Von Eric is quoted as saying, I used to have five brothers. Now I'm not even a brother. Wow. Yeah, if you think about that, that's... Uh... That's stout. That's stout. That's uh, that's pretty strong, dude. Can you imagine? And, and you know, Jackie, when Jackie uh, Jack Junior died, he was, I think Kevin was just turning two, maybe. 
I think he was born two years after Jack Jr. or three years after Jack Jr., something like that. Or he may have been, you know, four. But imagine that. I used to have five brothers. Now I'm not even a brother. Wow. And, and that's why I'm saying this 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 story, and, it, and you know, people, it, it's almost like it's fiction. There's no way this happened to one family that quick, you know? Yeah, it's almost like a made-for-TV movie. Or a made-for-theaters this Friday movie. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, so, we've covered all the way to number nine. So, that's one, two, three, four, five, six numbers. Now, you hit on the 144, the 144. You hit that nail on the head. You had that one. You knew that one. The total number combined championships the Von Eric family won as a whole throughout their career. That includes their daddy. But, you know, and Chris didn't win nothing. He he wasn't in the business that long before he killed himself. I don't know if Mike won one or not, but Kevin and Kerry and David, you know, Kerry, of course, beat Ric Flair. and Fritz had the AWA. That, I think that's the only two actual, like, real world championships they won as a family with those two, the AWA and the NWA. I believe I'm right on that. But 144 titles, wow. That's, you know, so, so I guess we can say there's your silver lining in this tragic story. I got a, I got a better silver lining for you. You ready? What's that? 2009, the last number I gave you. That is the year the Von Erich family as a group, all-inclusive, were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Who inducted them? I'm going to say the uh, Michael Hayes, maybe. Michael P.S. Hayes for the Fabulous Freebirds. And, you know, and that's what's that's really crazy. That's what – it only makes sense, though, because that, that was a huge rivalry, the Freebirds and the Bonnet. That's right. It, it, and that ties me into what I want to talk about next, you know, before we – because we, we've been at this for a little while now, and, you know, we don't want to keep everybody their whole day tied up. But, you know, we've talked about the tragedies, right? But we agreed that we didn't want to strictly talk about the tragedies. We wanted to, you know, find some silver linings that, you know, are more positive. We don't want to end on a bad note with them, right? Right. Okay, Christmas night, 1982. That was the, the actual night at Reunion Arena. The greatest rivalry in Texas wrestling history started, or world-class championship wrestling history started. Do you know what kicked it off? It's got something to do with the Freebirds, and they did something pretty, at the time, pretty devastating to one of the Von Eric boys. <clears throat> okay. Um, Ric Flair, it was Christmas night, 1982. Of course, this is two years before David has died. Okay? Right. 1982, it was a cage match. And I think it was called um, Star Wars or something like that is what Fritz called it. Star Wars is not Starcade, which is NWA, WCW, but I think he called it our Super Star Wars or something like that. Um, is the bill they had on it? I'm not, you know, I can't be 100% accurate. I just, for some reason, that sticks in my head. But it was a cage match for the main event, Kerry Von Eric versus Ric Flair in Texas for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And they had a fan vote for a special guest referee slash enforcer that would be in the cage with David Manning, the referee. Who won that fan vote? Who? Michael P.S. Hayes of the Freebirds. Remember, at the time, the Freebirds were allies of the Von Erics. See, the Freebirds weren't bad guys when they came to the world class. They were on the Von Erics side. They tag-teamed with them and all kind of stuff. And this was what kicked off everything. Michael Hayes started getting overly aggressive in the match with Ric Flair. You know, and he actually, I think, punched Ric Flair when Kerry wasn't looking because he, you know, Kerry was trying to recover by the ropes. 
and then Michael Hayes grabbed Kerry and kept yelling at him, cover him. Kerry didn't want to win that way. Kerry kept telling him, no, no, no. And Michael Hayes actually threw Kerry down on top of him and told the referee to count. And Kerry kind of rose up like, no. So Michael Hayes got up and Kerry got up. Of course, Flair's starting to, you know, move around and everything. And to, to my recollection, God, it's been so long since I've seen it, but I've seen it a thousand times. Um, to my recollection, Kerry and Michael shoved each other, and Michael Hayes just finally said, screw it, I'm leaving the ring. And Michael Hayes went to go get out of the ring, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy was outside, and he opened the cage door for Michael to come out because Terry was on the ground outside. Well, when Michael started to go through the ropes, Flair got up and pushed Kerry into Michael and knocked him out of the ring, which in turn made him hit Bam Bam. Well, Bam Bam looks up, and all he sees is Kerry Von Erich standing there at the ropes like he pushed Michael out. Well, he slammed the cage door on Kerry's head. And that's what kicked the real rivalry off. You know who came up with that rivalry? Who? Do you remember a, a manager by the name of Gary Hart? I do. He was Fritz's booker. This whole Von Eric Freebird rivalry, which became the hottest thing in wrestling for, gosh, what, five years? At least. And, and it wasn't just in, in, in Texas. It was all over the country. Von Eric Freebirds, Von Eric Freebirds. Gary Hart came up with this and went to Fritz, and Fritz said, do it. Because the, the free birds being good guys, it was kind of like, okay, we got so many good guys, we don't have a sure enough in, in world class. I mean, yeah, you had great Kabuki, Missing Link, One Man Gang, you know, those kind of heels. But really, I mean, you eventually are going to turn Iceman King Parsons into a heel, which I never got his gimmick anyway. I never thought that he was entertaining to me. To me, he was too busy trying to be another, you know, Soul Train Jones. Exactly. Or he he's a, a more hip wanting to be JYD at the time. It was like he was the world class's answer to Junkyard Dog at the time. He was nowhere near the athlete Junkyard Dog. Oh, no, no, you're exactly right, bro. And um, <clears throat> Gary Hart came up with it, and – um. Looking through my notes real quick because I mean we're wrapping up and you know we're getting close, but um, it was booked in uh by Gary Hart because he was the booker for World Class for Fritz, and it became the most story feud and legendary longest running feud in the Von Erich history. And you know over the years, they tried to replicate it and stuff and everything with different incarnations like. It ended up, you know, after Mike died, they brought in the fake Von Erich, Lance Von Erich, Fritz did, and that's when Kevin said the the, the territory, the fans turned on the Von Erichs because they knew right. this guy was not a – they knew he was not a Von Erich. And so we believed everything you've told us ever since we've been, we, we've been watching you, and now you're openly lying to us and thinking we're going to believe it, and we know it's not true. So Fritz being Fritz, he he decided to go on an interview and fire Lance Von Erich saying that they had no idea he wasn't a family member, but after doing research and all this stuff, we found out he's not even a Von Erich. He will never be seen in world-class championship wrestling again. Instead of just opening up saying we screwed, and Kevin, Kevin Von Erich was adamantly against Lance Von Erich's character. He said, the fans aren't going to buy it, Dad. The fans just aren't going to buy it. And Fritz was strong. Then, And what is the one thing that I felt was the death knell of world class and the Von Erichs was when Fritz faked his own heart attack on, on TV. He faked a heart attack. Man, we've already dealt with all, you know, we dealt with four freaking tragedies, three of them being self-inflicted. And you want to go and, and fake a heart attack and try to get sympathy on your family again because you, you you have to make sure you're on top. Man, and that was just to me. That was, you know how we talked last week when I said that was like jumping the shark on the happy days. Right. 
that, that jumped the shark for me when it came to world class. But um, I want to run one more thing by you before we talk about the Iron Claw, if you don't mind. Okay. Let me get, let me get my notes and see. I want your opinions, what I want. I'm going to give you a list of names, and you tell me, each one of them, you tell me yes or no when I say, you know, in, at the in the 80s, big-time name, okay? Okay. Hardy Race. Yes. Kamala. Yes. Ric Flair. Yes. The Fabulous Freebirds. Yes. Jerry the King Lawler. Absolutely. The Great Kabuki, who was the first Great Luda. Yes. Gentleman Chris Adams. Yes. Jimmy Jam Garvin. Yes. What do all those names have in common? Feuding with Kerry Von Erich. Or a Von Erich. Well, the majority of those names, the majority of those names uh, that you mentioned are actually, uh, I'm looking at it right now, uh, the number, all right, so listing Kerry Von, we're going to talk about Kerry Von Erich in this right here. So listing Kerry Von Erich's top 10 feuds of all time, number 10 was Harley Race. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Number ten, Harley Race. Number nine is Bone Kamala. Number eight, Al Perez with Gary Hart. Number seven, Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Now, what he doinked the clown in WWE? He was. Oh, cool. And okay, got number you. number six. Who we both just took a dump on, Iceman King Carson. God, see they, they overrated, man. Number five, Chris <coughs> Adams. Now he was good. Number four, Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, you talking about Kerry Von Erich? That's back Intercontinental Title feud in WWF. That's correct. Number three, Ric Flair. Of course. The number two in the top ten feud, Kerry uh, Von Erich. Jerry Lawler. Oh, remember when he busted him open and had a Lawler in the iron claw, and then the referee kept checking Von Eric's head, and Lawler used the brass nuts, and the referee ended up stopping the match when Lawler was almost passed out to the iron claw because he said the blood rushing to carry Von Eric's eye became too dangerous. So even though he was sitting to basically pass Lawler out and win the world title, they stopped the match and awarded the, the match to Lawler because Kerry couldn't continue. That way they saved Kerry from looking like he lost. Right. And then uh, the number one was the Freebirds. Well, that that that's going to be every number one when it comes to a Von Eric rivalry right there for sure. I mean, dude, some of those matches, and I'm sorry, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, he could work, bro. Michael. 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 Yeah, I remember Michael Hayes said something one time in an interview, and he was like, when Terry Gordy like kicked a door down or something to a, a apartment or something because they didn't have the key. That was in Jackson, Mississippi, when they and, had an apartment in Jackson. And look, and, and they asked Michael, said, "Well, why did he do it?" So well, I asked Terry, like Terry, why'd you do that? He said, "Cause I, <laughs> cause I felt like it." You know, he said, "Bam Bam just didn't care." But dude, for a big guy, Terry Gordy could freaking work, man. He was impressive. Absolutely. Man, gone too soon. Another one gone too soon, man. That's crazy how these guys back then, man, they didn't live that long. And Kevin Von Erich, he's got to be pushing 70 now. He was born in 57. So, yeah, so he's probably 66. Would that be about right? Yeah, 66. If he was born in 57, Kevin Von Erich was born in 1957. So he's 66, man. And, you know, you talk about a salt-of-the-earth attitude human being as far as at peace with his family's tragedies. Man, and his two boys, uh, Ross and Marshall, I listened to an interview they did. Did you ever get a chance to listen to the one I told you to listen to from last week? I did. What'd you think? Pretty good. Did you see how, like, lost for words Bully Ray got? I did. In that, did you watch it on YouTube or did you just listen to it? No, you could just hear it in his voice. 
Yeah, if you go back because it's on YouTube, you can watch it on YouTube. And Bully Ray's almost in tears listening to them. His facials and everything. You're like, that's exactly what it. I pictured him looking like at that particular time he said what he said. But them two kids get it, man. They're humble, man. They're they're humble, man, and they just they they love their dang daddy, man. They just want to make him proud. I mean, that's just there. There's your, there's your triumph of the whole sad trajectory of Devon Eric. These two boys just want Kevin to be proud. Give him something to be to take pride in, other than the history of the tragedies. Just as long as they don't sign with AEW. Uh, I think they signed it with Ring of Honor, bro, and I hate for that. I want them to go to NXT so bad, man. Why would you sign with Ring of Honor, <coughs> which is basically nothing? Well, because evidently WWE, which I think dropping the ball because on, on X or Twitter, uh, they've been advertising the Iron Claw on the WWE Twitter page or X page or uh, Twexter or whatever you want to call it, Twixt or whatever. They've been advertising the movie on their, their Twitter page. Man, grab the bull by the horn. Sign them to an NXT deal, man. Those dudes get it, too, man. They're, they're, they're pretty decent in the ring, too. And they use the Iron Claw. Yeah. But, look, now that we've talked about all that, before we end, you know, if you don't mind, I want you to sh- – um, and me to, to share with, with everybody listening that or that's gonna listen, you know, what what uh what what made you and wanna see this uh movie, The Iron Claw coming out Friday, and what are you expecting to get out of the movie? I'll let you go first and then, or you can let me go first. Whatever you want to do if you wanna think on it for a minute. Go ahead. Okay. Um what made me wanna see it? Man, just being a wrestling fan and knowing 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 the story of the Von Erics, man, and you know they they make you know these you know what do you call them C budget D budget no budget films all the time, and it's always like and basically it's like when you saw that '70s show, it was spoofing professional wrestling, you know, when they did it because it was a comedy or whatever, and then when they did the wrestle with Mickey Rourke, I really liked that movie. Because it, it pulled back the curtain more than any movie ever had done about the business. But it left a lot to the imagination. So it was not to ruin it for anybody. You know, how does the magician pull the rabbit out of the hat? Well, we'll give you some clues, but we'll never tell you the whole story. You know, and it talked about how hard the, 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 the wrestling lifestyle really is on people, especially at that, that time frame. But with this... Just growing up being a world-class championship wrestling fan, being a Von Eric Freebird fan. I mean, if you want to go all-time interest things, uh, Bad Street USA, as far as for, for what what fired you up, Bad Street USA has got to be top five all-time interest things in wrestling. And the Freebirds, Michael Hayes wrote and sang it. But just to know that they're finally, and from what I've you know, what makes me want to see it is I've seen such good reviews on it that it makes me feel that it's going to be done right and out of reverence and respect and not more of a a hit piece, on which I've heard that, that Fritz doesn't always come out in the best of light in this, which I hope they just don't bury him in this movie as a person. Because it would it would contradict a lot of the positive reviews I've gotten in interviews I've listened to about how people they didn't really just bash Fritz, but I've heard the movie might bash him a little bit and make you kind of say he's the one that should have killed himself. You know he he was too demanding, overbearing on his boys. But what I'm hoping I get out of this movie when I see it this weekend, I'm hoping to to. Be like Kevin. Find peace that the story's being told right and everybody can let go of the rumors. This is it. I hope I come out of it with saying, hey, they they ended it with some way for Kevin to feel good. Because God knows he needs something good back then to happen. And that's just my opinion, bro, and I don't know how you feel about either one of those questions, 
what what makes you want to see it and what do you hope to get out of the movie but i mean you can go ahead and try to you know tell me what you think but that's just me okay well i mean i want to see the movie because uh growing up and watching uh world class championship wrestling out of dallas uh seeing the von erics uh knowing just enough about the family to be considered dangerous yeah um, yeah you know, I don't claim to know it all about them. Uh, uh, and I want to see it to maybe have a, a brighter light, you know, shown on the family. Um, to kind of maybe see, you know, what just the inner workings of the family behind the scenes versus in front of the, you know, what we saw in front of the camera, but behind the camera. Right, um, right, gotcha. And, uh, and, I mean, this is a this is a wrestling podcast, right? But I really hope this is this is less of a wrestling movie and more of a movie about a family. Oh, I, I, uh, yes, know, yes, I, good point. I, good point. I would, you know, I, hey, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan, but I really hope this is less of a wrestling movie and more of a movie about you know the the family, the Von Erich. Yeah. Um. To touch on that real quick, um, in that interview that I, I asked you to go back and listen to that you said you did and you thoroughly enjoyed with uh, Bully Ray and Dave with Marshall and Ross last week on Busted Open, um, you know, family movie, the, the and I'm not, I don't want you to spoil it, I'm not going to spoil it, but something that Marshall said about the end of the movie and his daddy's dream Almost brought me mm-hmm. to tears listening to it on. I, I mean, I almost started crying driving my truck listening to it on radio, bro. And Bully and Dave dang near in tears when he said that, because it's it's just amazing. And I want to see that, and that gives me hope. Like Dave said and Bully said, that they're going to end this movie on a positive note, because it sounds like it's more Kevin struggles than anything dealing with the the the. You know, the brothers, the wrestling business with his dad being overbearing to the tragedies one by one to Kevin finds a ray of light at the end. And that's what I'm hoping for, bro. Right. And I think you you were saying, you know, pretty much that's what you were saying, that it's more about the people than the business. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know, like like the boys said last week, uh, it's, quote, based on a true story so you know artistic and creative liberties are going to be taken because it's a movie and they have to do that kind of stuff right kind of spice it up but uh just more than anything um i I just like i just less of a wrestling movie and more on the the family the people right because i i really like to get to know more about see i had to do a lot of research on mike and chris i didn't have to do so much on fritz Kevin, David, and Carrie. And and Jack Jr., I knew, you know, the kind of the the, the 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 story, but I didn't know the exact story. Does that make sense? Yes. <clears throat> and um to you know, and just you know, it, it from all accounts that I've read, Fritz was a very God fearing man. You know? But I mean, yeah, he played a villain, Fritz von Erich. His real name is Jack Atkinson, you know. But he played, and that was post war, war, World War when he started doing that character, you know, German sympathizer or whatever. But it's crazy that on the tombstones for all the boys and Fritz at the cemetery, it says their their birth name, like Jack Atkinson Senior. Jack Atkinson Jr., David Atkinson, Carrie Atkinson, Chris, Mike Atkinson. But do you also know what it says? In quotation marks, Von Eric. On each one of them's tombstone. It's crazy, man. But bro, that's that's all I got. I appreciate you. Um, in, unless you got some more, I appreciate you letting me take the lead. I hope I did it justice for you, man, because I feel like it was some great conversation tonight, dude. Yeah, it's uh very interesting, and you know, to uh, everybody out there listening, uh, 
give the movie a shot. Check it out. It's called Absolutely. The Iron Claw. It's in theaters uh, this Friday, December the 22nd. Uh, I think it will be well worth your time. Absolutely. And, you know, the expense to go to the movie. And if you're in if you're in uh, the Jackson, Mississippi area, it's supposed to be raining all weekend. So, you know, Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but you could go stay dry and check out the the Iron Claw movie based on the Von Erich family. Uh, Trey, appreciate you digging in and taking the lead on this. Uh, and we will be back next week with another episode. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, family. Uh, if you think we deserve it, you know, we'd appreciate that five-star rating. Like, subscribe. The five-star rating goes a long way with where we appear in a search feed. So uh, we're trying to build up our base. Uh, hope we're keeping it interesting for you. But, uh, yeah, just five-star rating goes a long way. Uh, Trey, what else you got? Uh, while you're hitting on that, uh, let them know exactly because we've added new formats they can listen to us on. So you let them know because you're the one who informed me about that, and I let some people know that they can they can find it in other places than just Spotify. So let them know that before we we get through. Yeah, we're on. Uh, we are now on Apple Podcast, uh, and I told Trey it was kind of cool. Uh, first time I saw the logo on Apple Podcast. I've uh, been talking about this podcast and doing this podcast for a while and uh finally just said all right we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and we just started uh working on it uh but the logo yeah it's pretty cool when you see that for the first time on on uh apple Podcasts. but uh, we are on spotify working on getting on other platforms it's just a slow process right now but uh hey we're uh slowly but surely we're we're gaining ground gaining some traction i'm excited about where we're headed and what the possibilities could be Oh, absolutely. And bro, like I said, man, thanks for uh for uh, doing this this week's episode. I just me and you after talking about it just spelled with the movie coming out and we are, you know, a podcast that bridges past with the present and you know, the first episode we, we hammered a lot of the present with because it was the big CM Pump news, our very first episode, so we had to go present. And then last week with Peter, man, I thought that was so much fun, man. The top five greatest tag teams. And we had we covered everything old and new to in between, man. And we're able to, you know, let's let's hash it out, debate it, and let's see where we stand, man. And with this one, it just felt right this week that we went this way. And thanks for trusting me to um, kind of take the research lead on this, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. But uh, we'll be back next week with a, uh, another episode. And, hey, from our family to your family uh, out there, guys, have a Merry Christmas. Yep. And we'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas. See ya. Bye.